Hi, everyone. This is Jack, co-host of the Summer Reading Podcast, coming at you live, not live, but not dead either, far in the future, before we even start to tell you that we like to swear. It's an explicit podcast. It's not crazy, uh, but we do say bad words, you know, like fooey, and we call each other cur a lot, like almost nonstop, and uh, what have you. We're good for a good what have you here uh, here and there. So just so you know, if you want to protect your, your delicate paper ears from uh, our, our cutting remarks, um, just be aware of that. So uh, sit back or, I don't know, go for a jog, whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. I'm not your dad. I could be. We don't know. Pretty sure I'm not. Send me a letter. Coming up on the Summer Reading Podcast. And I don't know if that's actually true. Like, I don't know if you went through the book and you, like, marked every single violent thing that happens, like, on a... No, that sounds like something a a poorly adjusted human (laughs) would do. the summer reading podcast this is the podcast where a professor and a librarian read and review all of the books you are assigned in english class uh yeah haven't haven't done this for two weeks yeah i think that's right i'm i'm your professor my name is haiku marimba and my pronouns are he him it's not your name (laughs) we don't gotta talk about it and i'm your librarian my name is marty and my pronouns are she her and welcome back to Series Week. Every every five weeks we do uh, the next installment of our series. Our current series is The Hunger Games. <laughs> and this is the final of the original trilogy because we are reading Mockingjay yeah. by Suzanne Collins. Yeah, we are. Before we get into that, Marty, how are you doing today? I am doing great, uh, especially because you and I have been talking for an hour and a half. Ish. Hour and a half, yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're keeping track at home, how long we've been on the call before we actually start <laughs> doing the fucking work. And I it's... and I told you at the beginning of our call, I was like, I really needed to talk to my friend tonight. Um, so yeah, I'm much better now. And it also, feels like it's been longer than it actually. I know. I was thinking has about been. that. Yeah, and I was thinking about how um, after, like, after the last. The last time we recorded, I feel like we didn't like text as much right after either, and that I was like, oh. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's, I take it personally if I were you. Definitely, I should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I have. I take everything personally. <laughs> Um, you really look like a Renee. <laughs> um, and but no, Fun I'm little good. inside joke. We won't take the time to explain to you, just um, in case you want to feel like you're not a part of what's currently transpiring. Oh, shit, <laughs> I did. I did just do that. Sorry. Um, I. But yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good, especially because we talked, uh, and uh, and I had a little, you know, a glass of rosé, and everybody else in my house is asleep except me. And actually, I think Ziggy might be awake, but she's not making any noise. Um, so yeah, and you know, it's that, and Ziggy is for the listener. Ziggy is Marty's cousin. No, but no, nah. um. <laughs> <laughs> she is my pooch. Um, and yeah, no, I'm good. How about you, Jack? How are you? You doing? know what, Marty. 
I'm fucking grumpy. You're fucking grumpy. Uh oh. I'm grumpy. I'm grumpy this week. Okay. Um, because I don't like this book. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I've had this um, conversation with a lot of people about this book. <laughs> to be honest, so I, um, I, I'm I'm here for it. So it's not necessarily the book itself, but mm-hmm. I've recently come into uh, the ownership of several books that I'm rather excited to read, mm. um, including but not limited to. Uh, Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by James McBride. Okay. Uh, the Book of Goose by Yi Yun Lee. Ooh. A couple titles by Julian Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of other things. Empire of the Vampire by Jay Kristoff. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Earth as it is in television. Oh, um, Emily yeah. Jay. Uh, a, a, bunch of, a bunch of others. Yeah. A, a bunch of others. So the, many the books. The Prime of Miss yeah. Jean Brody. Oh, God. Yeah. That, like, like that. And so um, I have them, when I get a bunch of new books, I, I tend to keep them, like, together mm-hmm. and near me at mm-hmm. all times. Um, and it's gotten so tall <laughs> that I can't feasibly do do that like I, yeah. I would do and I've done this my whole life my dad used to call it moving the operation where that's I'd, so great I'd, I'd, I'd hang out in the basement and I'd have I'd have my computer yeah I'd have all my books if I had like Legos at the time or something yeah it'd get like late I'd move from the basement to my room and I'd have to make several trips of course so I'd carry all my books I'd carry my laptop if I had some if I had something else I'd carry that too that's so and, cute and moving my dad the would operation. Always say, like, move the operation um, and it's never stopped. Yeah. It's never stopped. I had to, like, I couldn't even, uh, I wanted it here, but the best I have is I've got Where'd You Go, Bernadette, which I'm reading right now. Okay. Um, on top of my copy of Mockingjay. Oh, um, okay. And and so I, I was like, look at all of these other books that I'm definitely more interested yep. in reading. Because I was pretty excited to read The Hunger Games. Yeah. I was, I was pretty excited to read Catching Fire. But I not so much Mockingjay. Not so much, not so much Mockingjay. Um, and, and we'll get into that because I showed you, I showed you the text I sent myself with all the thoughts I had. Yeah, um, it, that's a it's a hefty text, friends. For a, those of you who cannot see it, um, yeah, I, I will say that one thing I was grumpy about with reading this book is that I could not get a copy, like a paper copy of it, from my library. Um, I mean, I probably could have if I had tried harder. But I wound up reading it on my phone, and I just should never fucking read on my phone. I just want to put that out into the universe right now, and hopefully I'll remember it for next time. But, like, every mm-hmm. time I try to read an ebook on my phone, it feels, even if it's the best book in the world, it feels like a slog. Because I'm reading it, like, three sentences at a time, and then I have to swipe. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just... You got that big font. Oh, it's not a good format. It's a big, big font. And like, yeah, I just, yeah, I just can't. I mean, maybe, maybe I could do it if I had a Kindle, but eBooks and me, maybe I'm too old. I don't know what it is, or maybe I'm, maybe I'm an old soul, and I just like need Mm. the paper, (laughs) or I need a tablet, (laughs) (laughs) a rock, a rock, you know. Catch me on my fainting couch. Yeah. Um, Reading what? A paper copy? A paper <laughs> a copy. Um, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't read on my phone. So I'm just putting that out to the universe and to myself that I need to stop doing that because 
I think it ruins books for me sometimes. Uh, not that I, I, I think I would have still had some issues with this one. Um, I mean, I know I would have, but, but yeah, I made it, it made it harder to read. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, so let's, uh, let, let's get into this. Have you read this one before? I have. Yes. Many years ago. Uh, probably when it first came out, which I, di- I foolishly did not write down the publication date. Um, I, I have it. We'll get to it later. Okay. But yes, I've read it before. Um, I I read, yeah, I read, I've read all of them. Um, this one, it had been many years since I read it. Um, and the whole series, I think I've only read through once. So this was a second read for me. How mm-hmm. about you? I I have. Mm-hmm. So I, I've told this on previous episodes of um, Series Week, uh, but I'll tell it again because... I'm not driving. Is why not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I have read this before. I read it in high school. Um, the Hunger Games, the the first book was one of the first books I read after joining my school's high school book club, mm-hmm. um, and that was just a, a a positive experience through and through being a being a member of that book club. And I was so excited when I'd read the Hunger Games, um, and my mom was so excited because I was getting into reading. Yeah. Um, and I was I was just reading stuff that I had uh, heard of from like different media spheres like YouTube like I was reading a lot of John Green books. Because, oh yeah, you know, he was you know Vlog Brothers. Yeah, and I was reading uh, the Scott Pilgrim books because the movie had come out. Oh my um, God, yes. And so like th- those are like foundation <laughs> those are like foundational books. To yeah. What are nostalgic reads for me? Um, and my mom was so excited uh, that one of the things that she did was she she got for me, the other installments of the book. So I had The Hunger Games, um, and then in the mail, uh, like a, a, a month later after mm-hmm. I finished that book, I was Catching Fire and Mockingjay. Um, and I read Catching Fire, like one Sunday, I just laid down on my bedroom floor and I read the whole thing. Damn. Um, and I was so excited, and then I was like also vibrating from excitement because I knew that I had the next book. Mm-hmm. And so the next Sunday, I laid down on my bedroom floor and I, I read Mockingjay all the way through. And I remember feeling, huh. Oh, no. <laughs> about it even then. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, I can't and, believe and you read it in one sitting like that. I, I th- well, I think it was probably two two or three sittings okay. across across the Sunday. Wow. Um, but I, I remember just like laying down. Because also, I was not a fast reader at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's how... Good. I thought that Suzanne Collins' writing was yeah, um, especially because they were huge. Oh yeah, like though the, they were the it books. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I remember I was reading these when I was working at Emerson, and all of us in the library that I worked with were reading them, and so we would read them and talk about them, and you know, I, it was. It was a good. It was a good book to um, bond with people over. You know, like yeah, yeah. So. It was good because I think like the series has a degree of sport. It does to it absolutely, yeah. Um, and like that's a, that's a really good thing. Yeah. Think, in in any media, it, when you have a degree of sport to it, I think it's like part of the success of things like baking shows. Mm. Oh, um, totally. And yeah. sports. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sports. Because <laughs> it's like you you get to know a bit of the teams. Yeah. If, if this was like a, a like a wider ranging thing, if this was like. If the if the Hunger Games was given like the Game of Thrones treatment, Ugh. you'd be in District Twelve. You'd be in District Two. Yeah. You'd be in the Capitol. You'd see all of the different players. Mm. Then you then you'd like 
um, you'd start rooting for people. Um, like that's sort of the breakdown. That kind of feels in a lot of ways what I feel like Mockingjay is attempting. Yes. I um, agree with that. Yeah, because you do have more representation of the various districts in like a in a bigger way. I mean, that gets established a bit in Catching Fire as well, um, because we see yeah. the, the previous victors. But there's more. Yeah, there's more rooting. I agree with you. In this yeah. One. It, it, yeah. It, so, but before we get into that, uh, a little bit. Uh, I didn't do a ton of research on Suzanne Collins. If you if you want uh, more information on Suzanne Collins, you can check out a previous episode. Um, but the big thing you need to know about Susan Collins is that she is the author of the Hunger Games trilogy. That is the <laughs> biggest thing that you need to know. Uh, which and it's like it's it's big. It is. It's th- like this trilogy has had such an impact on um, media. Yeah. Just media, pop culture, uh, like the the references. Katniss Everdeen is one of the famous archers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you got Robin Hood, Hawkeye, <laughs> Green Arrow, and Katniss Everdeen. Like these are. <laughs> These are like the big name archery people. Yeah. Um, uh, so it was published originally in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the last installment of, of the book up until uh, a couple years ago when Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yes. I want to uh, say that one was out. 2020. Is that right? 2020. It feels, right. it feels pandemic-y. It, yeah. Yeah. It feels yeah, yeah. like it was a pandemic publication. I feel like it was. Um... Because I did it as an audio, and that was when I started to really do audiobooks, um, was during the pandemic. <laughs> bro, do you do audiobooks? <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Cha. Cha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and it was a bestseller. Mockingjay was a bestseller. Um, the readership for these books are insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe, like, there are three million ratings for The Hunger Games on, on Goodreads. Damn. Um, and then... It go, like drops down to one million for Catching Fire, a which is still like, one million. A paltry one million. But Mockingjay also has one million. Yeah, I believe it. Um, and and that degree of one reader retention and two reader engagement mm-hmm. is monumental. Yeah, absolutely monumental. Um, which is insane for people like me who think Mockingjay is not a very good book. Um, Songbirds and Snakes was uh was May nineteenth, twenty twenty. Okay, 20, yeah. 2020. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, yeah. yeah, total pandemic. Check, checks out. Yeah. Checks out. Yeah, that that was like arguably a good time for a book to come out. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. It, it's, it's got like that, that hits that sourdough, mm-hmm. that Animal Crossing, <laughs> you know, those sweet spots where it's like, what what can our indoor personalities do? Oh, Jesus. I almost <laughs> forgot about the sourdough. That's really funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and we do that. So, do you have anything about Susan Collins? I don't. No, no. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we've we've, got we've it. yeah, it's all good. We, we, we've yeah. got it. So, um, Mockingjay, Mockingjay by Susan Collins. Let's 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 jump in. Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump in. I have a lot to say. So, do you want to go first? I so, <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess, but I, I, um, I'm curious about all that you have to say. I will say, um, the, the first note that I wrote down is that this book, the violence in this book is (laughs) so, so much more brutal to me than in the previous ones. Um, 
And I don't know if that's actually true. Like, I don't know if you went through the book and you, like, marked every single violent thing that happens, like, on a... No, you that know. sounds like something a, a poorly adjusted human would do. <laughs> but, uh, tell me about it. <laughs> um, it just feels like, like, the begin. So, okay, sorry. I'll take it back a step. The beginning of this book, I'm reading it and I'm like, okay, there are things that I'm really appreciating about this. It's a very good insight into um, news media and how information okay. is trans uh, transmuted, no, transported to people's homes, basically. So, because you have these two mm-hmm. warring factions and they are putting out different um, promos of what they are selling essentially you know very popular with teenagers books about communications infrastructure exactly yeah absolutely (laughs) but i I do think like i think that had i read this as a teenager i read it when i was older but i think it would have opened my eyes to a lot of things that that come out that came out to to light when I was older in my life, like for instance, when you're watching a documentary, like, yes, this is information, but it is also curated information. You know, there's, there is an angle from which every, um, everything is told. And so this does a good job, this book of, of showing that the rebels are being very tactical in their media approach. And I think that's interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially in, like, the age of Instagram influencers. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Where where media presence is something that that um, is, is, there's a high awareness of it. Yeah. Um, across generational lines. Right, right. Um, and, and a book that sort of focuses on, like, because like, one of my notes here is sci-fi war propaganda is, in theory, very interesting. Um, yes. That's a I, good I, way to phrase it. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree with that because I, I feel like the whole book could be a, a war on information. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's interesting because we sort of get in the weeds. Yeah. Ab- about it, it, it in a way that I'm like, okay, I I like this. I like the way that they they're unfurling the way that um, the information is being dispatched mm-hmm. and represented. Um, at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if this is what the Hunger Games trilogy is. Yes. Um, yeah. Because it's, I, I think it's related, but it's deceptively different from how information has been presented in the first two books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I do agree with that. And I will say that that sort of feeds into another note that I wrote down, which I was having a conversation with some, some work friends about this book. And one of my friends said, she gets really heavy handed. And I was like, that's, that's a good, to me, that's kind of a good way to characterize some of the things that annoyed me in this book that like, there is, there is this kind of, heavy handedness about like how much detail goes into what the media presentation of the war is on both sides. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like there's like, do we really need to know about every single propo that Katniss is filming or could some of that have been edited out? Like, do we, uh, (laughs) like, do we really need this like metaphor of like 
Gail versus PETA and like, you know, the rebels versus like, versus being more, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, you'll get there. I know eventually 3 a.m. <laughs> um, but like, like this no, normally I'd be like, this is when I start guessing words, <laughs> but I don't have a, 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 like a full grasp on the... so, so I guess what I'm saying is that like she Collins in this book, like she's kind of slamming you over the head with a couple of different messages, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And one is about like media representation. The other is like, war is bad which yes it is but like but like there i do i do think that um the heavy-handedness can be good for this age group like Mm -hmm. like i think that collins knows her readers but sometimes when you're reading a ya book as an adult you're just like okay katniss i fucking get it you feel bad about the fact that you've taken all these lives like can we move on now i want to see what happens <laughs> which is like it's that makes me sound like so heartless but i just feel like so frequently it was like going back to her having these these feelings of guilt over uh, how many how many lives how many names if i go down you know i'm counting all the names of the people that i've that i've killed or whose whose death is my responsibility and and i think um on the one hand, that's very real and true, but on the other hand, it makes it a bit of a slog to get through the book. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, those are those are some big big ish thoughts. But okay. I I would like to hear your reactions. Yes. Yeah. Can Can I go off? Yeah, please. Okay. <clears throat> so I want to begin this rant with a bit of grace. Okay. Um. Because it's it's hard. Um, it's hard fin- like writing a book. Yeah. It's hard writing a series, and it's hard wrapping it up. Yeah. Um, uh, but not but and <laughs> to to put it inelegantly, mm-hmm. um, perhaps fecklessly, uh, this book could have been so many things, and it's this. So. Okay. Uh, now I'm actually very curious about where you're going to, with this. Because <laughs> I, I think maybe you have more thoughts about it than I do. Um, the, this book could have been so many things and it's this. And, and what I mean um, about that is that there's so much about this world and this story that's established mm-hmm. that weirdly enough, when, when that happens is, from a writer's standpoint, you have a lot of freedom with where you get to go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I feel like that leads to a book that has a lot of pressure and needs to hit a lot of points yes. and wrap a lot of things up. Yes. And the way that an author will do that is going to be their own way. Um, and when you're dealing with literally the most successful, one of the most successful series of mm-hmm. all time, um, a lot of people are going to have a lot of thoughts. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are going to be up in arms, which shows that they care. But at the same time, could you you know lighten up a little bit? Um, that said, that, that's my, that's my caveat. Um, <laughs> could you lighten up a little so, bit? Could you lighten up the Marge Simpson kids? Mm-hmm. Could you lighten up a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, that said, 
the things that happen in this book, I would argue, for the most part, are not interesting. Okay. Um, and I, I like I, I I break it down like this. For the past two episodes that we've done on the Hunger Games, I sort of uh, rail against um, Suzanne Collins' Chapter One exposition heavy. Yes. Um, thing and and like this is not safe from that criticism. Um, in fact, I I would argue that M- Mockingjay is uh, perhaps the worst. Uh, offender of this because it has the most exposition to get through. Yes, um, because you and, have an entirely new district to introduce, and so yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, uh, my first note that I even wrote was like, book begins, the uh, every book begins last time on the Hunger Games, mm. um, and in the first chapter of this book, only three things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she visits the ruins of District Twelve. Right. Uh, she finds Buttercup, Primrose's cat. Oh, God. Primrose being yep. her sister. Yep. Um, and she visits her former home in the Victor's Village, and mm-hmm. she sees that the president has left a rose for her. Mm-hmm. Those are Everything else is just, this is this character. These are the characters who survived. This is where we've been living. All, all of that is stuff we need to know yeah. for the story, despite the fact that it's not happening. Well, as but, I texted you, thank God Greasy Say lived. And then I texted you, yeah, the most important character. Um, which leads me to, which, and she uh, makes it through the whole fucking book. The whole too. fucking book. Which reminds me, um, I didn't I didn't synopsize this. Um, but for, for p- people who have been with us this far, uh, Mockingjay, just a backpedal. Oh, yeah. Mockingjay is the final... <laughs> The, the final book in the trilogy, not the series, because of Ballad of Songbird and Snakes. Um, it's Katniss Everdeen, who's the, the Mockingjay, the, the face of the revolution of the districts, trying to uh, rebel against the tyranny of the capital, mm-hmm. um, who have subjected them to poor, poor living conditions, and most notably, the Hunger Games, a yearly um, coliseum battle where, the kid, where kids between 12 and 18 have to murder each other. Um, and, uh, and people don't like that. Imagine um, that. <laughs> so at, at the end of Catching Fire, uh, Katniss's home district, District 12, was completely leveled by the Capitol as a form of punishment. Um, there were some survivors and they were taken in by District 13, a believed defunct district that was told, uh, that we were told used to grind, uh, grind, used to mine graphite, mm-hmm. um, but in fact, uh, were known for producing you know, nuclear weapons. Right. Um, and they had uh, the infrastructure to withstand an attack from the capital, and they've been living, you know, on their own. Over the course of the book, it's it's Katniss interacting with different members of District 13 and people from uh, the the past books as a means of trying to, to stoke the fires of rebellion and to storm and overthrow uh, the capital. Um, some notable figures are President Coyne, who's mm-hmm. the president of District 13, um, who Katniss does not like, never likes, um, and uh, ends up murdering yep. as a twist. At, <laughs> dun, dun, um, dun. at the end, uh, you have the main antagonist of the book, President Snow, yeah. um, who is the, the president of Pan Am, or at least the leader of the Capitol. Um, and then uh, you have the classic uh, Gale and you and Peta, and they got yeah. their stuff going on. And Haymitch um, is there, and ha- ha- yeah. Ha- and Haymitch is there. That's pretty much what you yeah. can say about Haymitch's about involvement Haymitch, yeah. with this book. One of the most interesting, <laughs> I know, I would say characters I know. 
in the whole series and for the final final uh he's just it, there it, he's just there yeah um so uh here's i think one of my main gripes about this book mm-hmm. is structural mm. so when when i say this book could have been anything and it's this yeah when you're reading both the hunger games and catching fire you're on tracks yes you you for the most part know where the book is going yeah 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 um you're in district 12 you're in the capital then you're in the hunger games right in catching fire you're in district 12 you go on tour a little bit mm-hmm. then you're in the capital and then you're in the hunger games mm-hmm we don't have the Hunger Games in this book. You, structurally speaking, um, that sort of takes st- the a group of characters storming the capital. Right. Takes the takes the place of the Hunger Games. And if if you watch the the movies, because Mockingjay is such a good good book, they made two movies of it. Ugh. Um, it was in vogue at the time. I read a, an article. I think I mentioned it in the Hunger Games episode we did, um, which which was talking about the movies. Uh, where they said, and Mockingjay, which was made into, and then in brackets, two bad movies. <laughs> um, I'm like, that's brutal. Oh, that's man. brutal, but I don't disagree. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that that sort of ser- serves the, the purpose. But without the structure of really going to, like, establishing the status quo, which arguably collins does Mm -hmm. and then going to the capital to see what it's like that you could argue that going out into the rest of the um uh, districts yeah and sort of filming you know propaganda films right uh takes the place of that and then storming the capital takes the place of the actual hunger games Mm -hmm. like you can argue that it still does does those yeah it definitely wanders a lot more though yeah yeah it, it has it has snaking because there's so much more opportunity Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's a lot of things that go wrong with that. Is we we meet a lot of characters, um, but what this book does, I I think way more than other books do, uh, is that we we the characters we meet we don't meet until they're important. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and so I I like to cite the storming of the Capitol, mm-hmm. which I think is actually the least interesting. I hate that part part of the whole book Agreed. because yeah because there's no development of character mm-hmm. um i would argue like i don't know by the time we get to mocking jay i don't know why like the why katniss is the face of the revolution anymore yeah because everyone says it's like oh johanna mason couldn't be the face of of the revolution because no one likes her mm-hmm. i was like well i don't like her yeah. And you're allowed to be an unlikable character. Yeah. God forbid women do anything. Um, <laughs> but when it's structured in such a way that, like, Katniss can do no wrong despite the fact that she's doing wrong constantly. Constantly, yeah. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't stand how the narrative has total double standard yeah. for Katniss and her beliefs. Um, and, and one of the ways that that manifests is who Katniss protects is correct. But mm-hmm. who President Coyne in District 13 protects mm-hmm. is incorrect. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I, th- I think about this of her complete unwillingness to meet people halfway. Yeah. Um, because she believes that what they're doing is wrong or they should have been doing more. Yeah. It's just so annoying. Like the, the plot plot contrivance because you need conflict between characters. Yeah. As if fighting a war with people isn't conflict enough, you also need to be a 
a son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, she's, and, like, stupidly stubborn all the time. Yeah. To, to the point of what makes The Hunger Games part of The Hunger Games and The Hunger Games part of Catching Fire, what makes those things, despite the violence, what makes them interesting is there is still clear character dynamics and growth that happen within those sections of the book mm-hmm. that make Katniss an engaging figure. Yes. Like she's fighting for her life and she's singing to a dying girl. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's interesting. She, She's fleeing from PETA and then she's taking care of PETA. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are interesting like character beats that we hit. Um, but I, I wrote this in my notes because I was so frustrated with it. Storming the Capitol is just a dangerous walk. <laughs> just a like, dangerous walk. It's wow. just a dangerous walk. Okay. And we have we meet these characters, we meet these characters like League Leg. I was thinking too. I was thinking about um, uh, Boggs too. Like so, I feel like Boggs has a bit more character yeah to so Bo- Boggs is the main bodyguard to yeah. President Coin yeah. um, and leads the leads the storm of the capital um but he, like he almost sort serves as like a rue yeah. almost yeah where someone who Katniss likes who dies right that's that's what i'm thinking like like a lot of it does feel like a lot of people are important when they die or when they're about to die and Katniss yeah. saves them kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, it's contrived. I call it like the walking dead rules. Okay. Where I've literally, I've watched walking dead. one episode of that show. <laughs> I watched a couple seasons and I, I disliked almost all Ugh. of them. You know, when it's the middle of the season of walking dead and you know, it's the end of the season of the walking dead because they, they kill off unnamed characters. Ah, okay. Um, and it's just like someone hasn't died in, in six <laughs> so episodes. So now we gotta to kill, kill somebody. Someone. Oh, Jesus! Like that's that's yeah. literally it. I, yeah. I mean, like I like that character. I like that character. You were doing interesting things with it. Mm-hmm. Um, just the shock value of killing someone is lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Hunger Games, when she the, the the team Katniss has when they go into the Capitol exist because they need to lose people along the way. Right, right. To the point where when you have an established character like Finnick O'Dare. Oh, I know. Who is killed uh, viciously. Yeah. But with a group of other randos. Yeah, I know. That we j- literally just meet. Like, I don't care about these other people. Yeah. I don't care about Finnick. It's supposed to hurt because he just got married. He yeah. was just reunited with the love of with his life. With Annie. <laughs> and he's like, also Annie, weirdly normal name. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it, like, I get the feel, like, when you're reading Macbeth, <laughs> and, like, you have fucking Banquo. Yeah. Um, you have Banquo, and you have Lady Macbeth, and you have Macduff. And then, the, like, some just some dude's just named Duncan. You're like, that's just a dude. That's just a... Like, he works at Accounts Payable. Like, right. I... <laughs> it's, like an it's like It's like Colin Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nandor the Relentless. Yeah. And then, because <laughs> I'm Jeff. Um, it, it, it's t- tangential. But when you have an established, likable character who, who like, just pages before, yeah. to, like, ad- admits to years of sexual abuse. Oh, my God, um, I know. 
uh, and and then gets married and then killed off. Yeah. I'm like, I feel very I feel very weird about that. Yeah. In not like a oh that hurts. Right. Kind of, like kind of way. It's more like that that feels unearned. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Um. If you like like okay, just with all these other characters that we've not really established, we've not really met that much. Yeah. Uh, like like just just a whole thing, and so you lose people along the way, and while they're losing things along the way, there's really no character development that's happening for Katniss. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after a book of just watching her be obstinate. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the way that I, I find that this manifests is like, we get her prep team for the Hungry Games. Mm-hmm. They survive. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's very um, unclear. <laughs> I don't know why these are the characters right? that survive. And they, they even say in the book that all of the other prep teams for all of the other tributes for that Hunger Games are dead. Are dead. Yeah. Everybody uh, else. And I was like, why would we take one such a great risk for what seems like a liability? Yeah. Um, especially in those past two books, Candace doesn't like them. Yeah, yeah. She finds them frivolous. Mm-hmm. Uh, she finds them a little annoying. She only likes Cinna. Yeah, um, yeah. But in this book, she is fighting for them. She's yeah. She's fighting for them. And it seems like such a 180 to the, the way that I justify it is Candace doesn't like the last person she's met. Oh my god, um, that's really funny. And that's the last, yeah. the last person she's met is President Coin. Yeah. So anything President Coin says is the wrong thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, where were you when when all the other districts were starving? I'm like, they're they had a pox ep- epidemic. Right. Right. They're dealing with uh, like infertility. Yeah. You know what they've been dealing with. And, and so I'm like, how are we supposed to be like obstinate with Katniss? Or are yeah. we supposed to be here? Because in the end, Katniss does what she does anyway. Well, and then, but then to say, to, to, to that point, to be devil's advocate, that's a very teenage <laughs> um, perspective or voice on Katniss's part, right? Like, like, here's an authority figure. She rubs me the wrong way. I'm just going to be obstinate and stubborn and say that, like, everything that she says is bullshit. But for some reason, I'm a magical teenager and people will follow me into war. Like, okay. So, so that I guess the, the, the way I visualize this okay. is. I'm not saying not, that that's a good. No, no. Like, like, but I'm just saying. I don't disagree that it's very teenager. I disagree with the narrative presentation of it. Okay. Um, because I feel like sort of on like a quaternary plot level, Camus is trying to establish there's not much difference between President Coyne and President Snow. Right. Um, where we have these flawed leaders. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that President Coyne I would say is nowhere near the doesn't even have the systemic capability of being anywhere near as bad as president snow. Right. Um, but it's established in such a way that Katniss is over the course of the book. And I think we're supposed to realize with her Mm -hmm. that coin is as bad. Mm -hmm. And if coin is in charge in the role that president snow would be, it's going to be just as bad. Yeah. It would be the same thing. We wouldn't be doing anything, which is why she ends up, assassinating right because she's talking about bringing back the hunger games but with the capitals children yeah yeah and so Um, that's like again like a very 
to use the phrase again, heavy handed way to be like, Hey, look, they're the yes. same, you it's know, -handed it's, and yeah. I would, ref I would return to the word inelegant mm, um, okay. because after they storm the Capitol and they take control, that's a lot of storyline that happens on a very little amount of time. Yes. We have so much of a dangerous walk. Yeah. That, that's time that could be allotted to put, putting these pieces together that coin's just going to be as bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there, there was this tweet that was like, listen, if there is a political dispute, um, I don't care about listening to the both, si both sides. The side that has all of the power in, and money is the wrong one. Um, <laughs> and it was like, it was like a cheeky tweet. I'm, yeah. I'm butchering the quote of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, this is similar. Like, right. they have food problems in district 13. Mm -hmm. They're like, they don't have the, the resource, like these magical resources that Kenneth just sort of assumes. Yeah. Uh, that's going on. And, and, and so like, we bring back the hunger games. I'm like, Whoa, yeah, that's really intense. And so it felt like so many different things needed to happen that the progression of it is very disjointed yes. in a way that the first two books are not. Yes, it is a very disjointed book. And that, I think, um, is part of part of where my frustration came in as well. Because, as I said, like I do feel like there were moments where the plot would be going somewhere or felt like it was going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we would veer off into just like, Katniss feeling guilty or some stupid side conversation with Gail about yeah. fucking hunting or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't care about this. Like, I want to know what's happening on the grander level. Cause yeah. that's, that's what the book should be addressing. And it's, I think trying to, but not if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's crazy. So it's, it's uneven like where the attention goes to where the plot sort of takes Katniss. Yeah. Um, and, and one, one of my difficulties with Katniss in this book, um, is people are contrary mm -hmm. when you have ca characters that are contrary. Um, and some of the things that they do don't seem to add up with their character. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's one of the main things I love about tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but char uh, ca character, Katniss, mm -hmm. who is a character in this book, operates on this double standard where the nuances of the situation are okay, but only for her. Mm. Um, she, she's allowed to be complicated in her beliefs, um, but the actions of the people around her are not. I see what you mean. Yeah. So she, that's where the obstinacy comes in and it is super annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yes, that. Yeah. Um, cause it's like, I, I have this joke I always do, um, making fun of the classic, we're not so different. You and I, <laughs> which, it, which is like the, the villain comes in and is like, Oh, we are not so different. You and I Mr. Bond. Yeah. You who wants to spend the afternoon with your daughter and me who wants to commit omnicide. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> And it feels very much like Kat Katniss is like, they're not so different, yeah. him and her. Yeah. Her, her who's trying to keep a select group of rebels in a, uh, the burgeoning flame of rebellion alive, and him, who systemically murders children. Right, right. Uh, and I'm like, what? Like, the, the logic, it's okay. It's okay to be an obstinate teenager and have a character be an obstinate yeah, teenager. Yeah, yeah. But when you're trying to structure the logic of the book, 
around around some yeah. kind of justice like the rules of Katniss's justice are are vehicles of the plot and how the plot moves forward it, they're they're not like there there's there's no thread yeah. that, that really endears me to Katniss at any, at any point in the way that she seems to understand that this is happening to everyone yes yeah and i i will say that i think that some of the excess violence is to scooch us over to Katniss's side. Like, like mm. the scene at the end of the storming of the Capitol when, um, w- when you find out that the, the children are bombed by the little silver parachutes and you find out that it was President Coyne who ordered that. Yeah. And that because that is such a horrific thing that is supposed to, I think, put you on Caddis's side. Um, even yeah. though, like you said, you know, snow has been what, how, how long has the hunger games been going on? 25 years, 75 years, like whatever. 75 years. Yeah. And like, he's the been quarter, the 75th quarter quell. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the whole second book, been, Marty. You know what, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being obstinate. You're just being obstinate teen. Um, I'm your average obstinate teen. I think Katniss is right the whole time. Um, but yeah, that like I think that maybe that is why those those violent scenes or moments to me were so much worse, like so escalated, and um, that the the descriptions were like. I don't know, weirdly like gorier than, but it's also possible that I'm just not really remembering the descriptions from the previous books. Like they're all fucking violent, but this one just felt like really over the top. Well, I suppose in, in defense of that. Yeah. I think very little actually happens in this book. True. Um, Yeah. It's a lot about talking about what's going on and less going on. Yeah. Um, And when you have something like, violence it could very well be the case that violence is something that is happening Mm. and when you have a lot of not much happening uh and then something violent happens yeah that's what you're it's gonna pull focus yeah yeah um if you if you're looking at a stage and on one end of the stage is someone giving a monologue (laughs) and the other um other side of the stage is like a sword fight or something i was gonna say like a (laughs) (laughs) c-section jesus But you could do a sword. You could do a sword fight too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a little weird. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna watch, you know, the, the C section with swords, right? Like you're gonna. Oh that's what God. you're gonna be looking at. And <laughs> uh, so, so like, like, like that's that's part of it. Yeah, like that's that's part of it. So. I'm 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 going I'm going insane. It's, <laughs> it's fine. I so one thing that I want to ask if, if this is in your notes. Do you have anything about the the representation of trauma caused by combat and violence, etc., in this books? Okay. In this book, rather. Um. Because that really that really pops up throughout in bits but then i feel like 
it's really in that that epilogue that yeah, Collins I kind s- of dives I into it. I I honestly I think it's supposed to be throughout the book. Yeah. But I don't think it's effectively rendered. I I kind um, of agree with that because you see that Katniss is living with trauma and like that she is going through bouts of severe depression where she is like just ignoring everyone and going and hiding in a closet and sleeping all day. But there's not actually a conversation around that. It just is a thing that happens. And then she pulls herself out of it and goes to command and whatever. Like, so, so like that, I think, in part, that's like a big vehicle of the plot. It's yeah. like you have the character development and you have the plot moving forward and those two things that are supposed to be entwined are actually in opposition with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like she becomes the Mockingjay, but I actually never think that she assumes the responsibility of the Rebellion. Yeah, no, um, I agree I, with that. I, I don't think she ever does it effectively. Um, and uh, like we, we could say that that's a part because she's just supposed to be a face yeah. of the Rebellion. Yeah. Um, but like those distinctions are never clear. Yeah. Um. And and they don't have to be clear, but they they're unclear in a way that does not feel deliberate. Right. Um. Uh. And and so, like, okay, you're living with trauma. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Um. <laughs> uh, but all of the characters are. Yes. Um. And when you have a. a like a figure in a book that's supposed to be like risen up mm-hmm. and said, this is the face. This is a likable person mm-hmm. um, because people follow her. People trust her because she does likable things. Um, but at the same time you have her operating with the immediate pool of characters in ways that are in complete opposition yeah. um, to that in ways that do not feel like they're clear and develop developing in, in a way that you can actually follow that this is a uh, established and intentional dichotomy. It, it muddies what Katniss's arc is supposed to be mm-hmm. or, or what it tries to be to say that it has to be any one thing is, is n- like not, not our call. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but having like a clarity of motion, yeah. Which is something that The Hunger Games has, and it's something that uh, Catching Fire has. And but this is a book that does, does not. Yeah. It does not have a clarity of motion. Yeah. Um, to the point where, by the time we get to the end of the storming of the Capitol, and Coin um, launches the, the strike that, that kills civilians, mm-hmm. th- that is actual story. Mm-hmm. That is character and plot coming together for something that actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, something that we didn't say. Um, but we will, is that Primrose, the inciting incident of the trilogy. Yeah, um, she gets moited. She gets, she gets murderedly murdered. Murderedly murdered. And, uh, it's a huge gut punch. Yeah. To the point where every time I read that, I have to reread it to make sure that that's what happened. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's well known. Yeah. It, it's well known. It's up there with, like, Cerberus Snape. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And... Trans rights. Uh, <laughs> but 
I know a lot of people. I've sort of come, come to terms with it, but a lot of people were up at arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we can argue, we can argue that it is like okay, this is part of like the futility of meaning and war. Mm. There's like a lot of commentary that we could do with the death of Primrose right. as a narr- as a narrative point. Fine. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not up in arms that it's like makes it all moot or whatever. Like what? But it's so jarring, mm-hmm. and not in a way that's like this is an earned plot twist. It's something like. Suzanne Collins had to say like, mm-hmm. earlier in the book that Primrose was studying medicine. Yes, yes. To, to even s- somewhat rationalize her yeah. at the end. It's like in Jurassic Park. <laughs> when the two kids and the adult, they're walking through the park, mm-hmm. and the girl just says, I'm a hacker. Yeah. That way at the end of the movie... When she's on a computer. Yeah, you know that she... It's not complete bullshit. She knows what's up, yeah. That she's yeah. just... It's, it's like, oh, it's Microsoft Word. I know how to change <laughs> fonts here. Like, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's doing the bare minimum to be to avoid being labeled as a, as a deus ex machina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally. And uh, imagine if the midpoint of the book was Prim Dying. Yeah, that would be a much more interesting story. And the latter half of the entire book was Katniss coming to terms with what the war has done to her. Right. Um, rather than it being sort of the climax of the whole yeah. trilogy, the the murder of the sister. Whereas, I have a lot of problems with. Yeah. Um, it's not that it should never have happened. It's the way that it was rendered on the page. Right, right. Um, that I'm like, yeah, okay. War kills children. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the thing that, like, on the one hand, I'm like, okay, she, Collins is telling us a story about the horrors of war. Mm -hmm. And she's telling it. The horrors of war. What what are you saying? (laughs) Um, And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's horrific the things that happen, but I do agree with you that it, you walk away from it feeling kind of empty as opposed to feeling like, Oh wow, that changed my perspective or opened my eyes or mm-hmm. anything. It's like it, you, three books well spent. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it is. A, it's a pretty, it's a pretty meh book. And which is a shame. It is a shame. It's a shame. If these are the only books you've ever read for fun, I think they're pretty good books. They are. To be oh, the, for sure. To be, yeah. That that's such a that's such not a compliment. <laughs> there. If you never read any other books, these are good books. <laughs> um, such a such a rude thing. Because I will say, I think. I think The Hungry Games and Catching Fire are two great books. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think structurally, Suzanne Collins wrote herself into a bit of a corner. Yeah. With- well, and I keep wondering, like, what if she, rather than doing a trilogy, what if she had chosen to do a quartet? Which Would that have solved I think, these problems? I think a quartet would have really, really lent itself to the form here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if... If the third book was establishing a media presence, yeah, um, and getting to know, uh, like Paler, 
Right. Um, yeah. And and the other districts and the other grand yeah. players. Because when we think of like the big players in the game, we have actually strikingly few names. We have President Coin, we have Katniss, we have Beatty. Yeah. Um, and I will say, this is becoming a more and more common trope in a lot of like sci-fi epics, mm-hmm. which is you just have the one person who's really good at technology. Yeah. And they move the plot forward. Yeah. Oh, like almost single-handedly. I just finished watching She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Ooh, how was it? It's great. Okay. It's great. It's a really good show. I highly recommend it. Nice. One of the princesses is Entrapta. Okay. And she's like the technology princess. Ah, very nice. Um, And for anyone to make any technological progress in the show, Entrapta needs to be there. She has to. Yeah, okay. She has to be there. And it's great. She's honestly, I think she, I think she's my favorite character. Wait, this is different. Um, this is different from the cartoon, right? This is a cartoon. It's but, but it's, it's, it's a new cartoon, not the old one. Yeah, it's one. a new cartoon. Okay. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the film She-Ra Princess of Power. Okay. I'm talking about the Netflix just, original series just check it. She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Um, but she is the technology person, and Trapped is the technology person who moves, who in many ways helps move the plot forward. Yeah. The difference, the difference between I would say Beatty and Entrapta is Entrapta is a fully realized character. Oh yeah, Beatty is just there. Yeah. Beatty, Beatty is just there, which sucks because I love Beatty. I know, and that like I feel like that also, that whole thing where it's like he and Gale are talking about like different weaponry to create and i'm like why are you all of a sudden like lumping Beatty in with this asshole like i i do not like gail at not, all yeah, <laughs> like, I, I don't just, I, like i'm just gonna say it yeah, right okay there. i can't fucking stand him the whole the, time the, the boys in this book oh the are, boys are jesus christ just there oh they're just yes. there and Peta is supposed to be like this major plot like Peter's hijacked by the Capitol. Yeah. He, he warns District 13 of the coming attack. He's like, you can't trust me because I can't trust myself. But really, oh, like, it's you, so annoying. Really, like, like, like damaged goods, boy. Yeah. Jerk off material. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gale is just fucking there. He just sucks, too. He's just, like, your average angry, like, fuck this system, like, I'm going to blow everybody up because they blew me up. Like, I just, I don't know. I just, nah. yeah, Come on in. I'm going to play guitar at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. Well, I will. <laughs> um, just, just really, really annoying. They're so, such non-entities. Yeah. But that's unfair because almost no one in this book is an entity. I know. Yeah, it's true. Like, like, the really interesting interpersonal dynamics that we have in the first book are almost completely deteriorated in it by the third book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which leads me, I think, to the the last thing. No, I want to say about Beatty real quick. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, d- um, I sidetracked us by no, you didn't. ranting about Gale. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> um, I love Beatty. Yeah. I think he's a great character. Um, but more than anything in this book, he's a useful plot device. Yes. Um, uh, like it's convenient mm-hmm. that he's done a lot of work with like the media systems in the Capitol. Right. Like, like I don't see why the Capitol would even give him the chance. Yeah, no, that's um, a very good point. But like for one thing, yeah. the second thing is 
he's he's not a fully realized smart person. Mm-hmm. He's a blanket statement smart person. Right. Because he, like, like okay, I, I know a few things about media relations and broadcast and the history of radio. And I know a few things about conductors. And... <laughs> Um, and I'm like, okay, so he's developed a really good superconductive wire that's yeah. good enough to destroy a force field. And also he's like a, a like a media savant. <laughs> like, like, I trust well, as... that the, the doctor who operates on me knows a, a lot about what's going on in my gut he works. Yeah. That yeah. does not mean I will have them fix my toilet. Right, place. right. Right, so he he's just a smart guy. Yeah, he he and he's there. He, he's their smart guy fill in for everything. It, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, so he's allowed to be smart. And if you want like the sort of Tony Stark level of intelligence where he can just figure things out, yeah, we need more of him. Right, because if if you don't have that, you just have a plot device that's mm-hmm. like we can do this because we have the one guy mm-hmm. who's good at things. Yeah, um, yeah. So we have to protect him because if we lose him. Um, we lose our one guy, and there goes our foothold. In the middle, like, like it, it, like, but that's not it. Right. He, he's he's just convenient. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it, he's just do. He's just working. We don't get any story about how he's recovering from the death of his friend Wyrus. Yeah, I know. Like, we don't we don't get any of that. No. Nope. Um, it, it, which brings me, I think, to the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I'm just steamrolling. Uh, it's all good. But, I, I think it's I, I think you're making really salient points and yeah. Because we gotta talk about Greasy Say, right? Oh, absolutely. And literally not just a bit. <laughs> not just a not just a bit. We have to talk about Greasy Say. So every episode of this we, we talk about Greasy Say. God. Um I love to say that she's the most important character. Obviously. Um and at the end of in the last 30 pages of Mockingjay, more story happens than in the first 300 pages of Mockingjay. I 500% agree with you on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say when we were talking about it being a quartet, like I I think my favorite part of this book is the the final chapter in the epilogue. Yeah, so in, in the final chapter in the final chapters after Katniss murders um I guess it's assassinate. Assassinates, yeah. Well, but when, it's the same thing, right? When the person's important, it's an assassination. If they're not important, that's a murder. That's a murder. <laughs> <laughs> so she assassinates President Coyne, and they put her in the room that she was in for the preparations for the Hunger Games, but they yeah. stripped it bare. Yeah. Um, uh, whatever. I know. Um, it's... it's so poetic. It's, 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 that's called round storytelling. Fuck off. Um... <laughs> It could have been any room. It could have been any room. The, the good thing about that is that Suzanne Collins did not need to come up with another room. <laughs> it has all the personality of, I was in a room with blue walls. There was a bucket to shit in in the corner. It's the same. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, they have a trial, which would have been really interesting to be a part of. Um, about but it happens. Her, but she's the main character. Yeah. So we don't get that. Yeah. Um, they decide her fate without her, um, which seems like completely contrary to the th- the three books we just read. Yeah, that is um, very true. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> a doctor who I don't remember ever meeting before sp- no. speaks on her behalf. Yeah. Um, it, it says, I'm going to treat her. Um, and then he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, really good. I, I love um, I love meeting new characters when the when three books are over. Um, and uh, she she's she's exiled. Yeah. She's exiled to the remains of District Twelve, where she lived in the Victor's Village house that she had when she won the first Hunger Games. Um, and what happens is she's so broken mm-hmm. um, that very kindly Greasy Say comes and takes care of her. Yeah. Which is really sweet. It is really sweet. It's really sweet and it's really lovely. Here's my problem with it. (laughs) (laughs) That is fucking greasy say. (laughs) It feels like Suzanne Collins was vibrating (laughs) by the force of not developing her relationship with Hamish at all. Yeah, yeah. Um... Because hey, like Hamish speaks on her behalf, <laughs> says that we're gonna go and we're gonna like like if you were to say like this uh, this mentor relationship that I have that's been fairly emotionally tempestuous, we're gonna go live in a village that's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. That feels like it, like I would love a book of just that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they we never get a resolution on that. Right. We, we get the. I feel like it's always a story that like well Hamish is just too damaged and like that is lazy i think it's lazy yeah canonically he cares so much about her he does yeah she's like his daughter yeah and he keeps getting in his own way right um which is such a good character yeah it's such a good character like we should have a book that's just hamish i know um that's how good of a character he is and he's just not allowed to be a good character in this book yeah um, to the point of, like, not only am I going to stand up for you and we're going to be the only two that live in this town, um, someone else who's been not important, <laughs> but mentioned in every single fucking book. Can, can, can I put this in perspective for you? Also the cat. Don't forget the cat. And the cat. The cat. And, the, and the cat that fucking hates her guts. They're going to live too. I, okay, I, I need to I need to break this down for you, Marty, because if I don't break this down for you, I'm just going to break down. Yeah, okay. I'm here for it. Greasy Say is mentioned in The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. in Catching Fire, mm-hmm. and in Mockingjay. Yes. We know this. President Snow, <laughs> the main antagonist for the entire series, is only mentioned in the second two books. Yep. He gets no name drop in the first book whatsoever. Yep. That's that's sixty six percent of the books. It's thirty three percent less than fucking Greasy Say, who does nothing until the fucking epilogue. I don't know, Jack. I hear she makes a really good squirrel stew. So <laughs> fucking like what? What is this? No, <laughs> it is insane. This? I agree okay. with you on that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then and then the epilogue. Yeah. Where there's sort of the, these glimmers of hope. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when characters have kids. That's, that's usually hopeful. hopeful. Yeah, that's a good that's thing, hopeful, right? You know, yeah. I, I'm actually kind of worried for those kids. Not because of uh, <laughs> right? not because of the Hunger Games. I think we're supposed to think because the Hunger Games aren't a thing anymore the, that kids are safe. Yeah. I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want Katniss Everdeen as a, as a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like that'd be intense. Um, what do you uh, have to say about the ending? Oh, I just, I mean, the, well, the tone of the ending is so very different from the rest of the book that I think it felt, like, nice to step into this, like, post, I don't know, post-apocalyptic Post-post. Yeah, post-post-apocalyptic, right? Um, and I I guess what I like was that the, the story of how she and Peta wind up together didn't jump into some sweeping romance. It was just like, we've been through some shit together. And, yeah, we've trauma bonded. And we like... It's like uh, the movie Speed. Yeah, yeah. It's just like that. Exactly. Um, But, like, there's something something nice about that. And seeing that in YA, I think, is rare enough that I was Mm. like, oh, like, I I can be on board with this, you know? I I remember when the book came out that the ending was fairly controversial. Oh, interesting. A lot of people. um, Because there were a lot of people who believed that it was contrary to the entire book series that Katniss would ever have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea that she even would, canonically, because Peter wanted them. Yeah. Um, it kind of goes against... Her obstinate... <laughs> her her obstinacy. Yeah. I think, well, I think it, I think it go, like at the time, it goes against what was the in-vogue feminism. Ah, uh, yes. Of, okay. of the time of, like you know, a strong female protagonist having kids for a man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt, but, like, this is so long ago. And, you know, <laughs> so very long ago. So very long 13 ago. whole years. I'm not going to tell you, I'm tired, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm tired. It takes a lot of energy to be worked up about a book for teenagers. Yeah, I, you know, I guess... It's funny because I, I don't think that I read that and said, like, Katniss would never have a kid for PETA. Like, I feel like she would do a lot of things for PETA, you know? And yeah, I, I think yeah. that we it's know like that, life. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would I, do anything. <laughs> and I will do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that did not rub me the wrong way. But I'm also a woman with kids who loves having what? kids. So... <laughs> So that, you know, could be coloring my my perspective as well. Um, Do you ever think, like, you know, I could be the face of a revolution? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, I want to live in very boring times. Yes, yes. That's a, it's a, a Terry Pratchett thing in, in his Discworld series. Oh, I love that. The worst thing you can wish on someone is that uh, I hope you live in very interesting times. That's Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's it's good. I haven't read Discworld, but I own half of the books. Well, that is yeah. impressive. It's the problem with having a disposable income and mm-hmm. access to the internet. Mm-hmm. It's like, you just buy books. And you're like, you know what? I do need furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, All right, it's time for rabbits. Oh, yeah, it is. Wow. All right. Rabbits. I hate rabbits. If there's anything I hate more than a rabbit, it's two rabbits. 
Hello and welcome to Rabbits. This is the segment at the end of the show where we rate the book on a scale of none to five rabbits. You're allowed to give a decimal. Just don't think too much about what it means to give something half of a rabbit. Hmm. So, Barty, Mockingjay by Suzanne Collins. So, How many rabbits are you giving this one? So I'm going to do... I'm, I'm, there's going to be a half rabbit in there. Um, I'm doing two and a half. Okay. It's a it's a middle middle of the road read for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to throw it across the room, but it's definitely not my favorite in the series. So yeah, two and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was I was actually gonna. Oh wait, no, ask me. <laughs> oh oh, Jack, how many rabbits are you giving it? <laughs> I was like, I don't want to fuck with the format. <laughs> um, I'm gonna bring it down. Actually. Oh you wow. You gave me the confidence. Okay. If you were going to do what I thought you were going to do, which was give it, like, three. Oh, no, two and a half. I was going to give it two and three quarters. Oh, oh shit. Out of grace. <laughs> um, but because of peer pressure, I am going to give it two and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't actively dislike it. That's, despite, yeah, it's like, d- d- Despite the past hour of evidence. <laughs> <laughs> despite the long text that you sent to yourself of... Oh, my God. Oh my god. Can I, I'm gonna I'm gonna send that to you. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Just I, it. Yeah. Listen, because I usually I don't like taking notes while I read the book. Well, and I was surprised when you told me that you were taking notes while reading it. Like, because yeah, usually I don't. Like when you have a book like, um, the Joy Luck Club mm-hmm. or. In the time of the butterflies, you want to experience it. I can just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I can sort of just be carried along. Um, but with a book like this. It's so much easier to, like, see the wires. Yeah. Um, whereas, I mean, and also it's not fair, because this is, this is the third in- installment of a sci-fi action YA series. and It's a different... Uh, the Joy Luck Club yeah. and In the Time of the Butterflies aren't that. Right, right. <laughs> it's a different animal. Uh, but I could say, like, in, in a, if we're comparing, like, I think it's a better final book than, than Twilight. Oh, um, oh, oh, God. Yes. This um, blows it, Twilight out of the sky. Water. I don't know. What are places that you can be blown out of? <laughs> Canon? No. Um, so, so it's just like, it has so many structural problems. Yeah. Um, and to the point of when I say, it could be so many things and it's this. Yeah. Um, that's on, like, the, the previous books have an established format where the second one plays around with what the first one establishes. Mm -hmm. I think actually quite nicely. Mm -hmm. Um, and this book, while maintaining a somewhat similar structure, just does not do it in a way that develops the characters interestingly or earnestly. It introduces a lot of different pieces of furniture Mm -hmm. that are not ever organized in the room. Yeah. Um, so... Like, if this was a book on developing a media empire as a form of stoking the flames of, of revolution, and we get to actually understand, like, the players a little bit more. Like, like if if Katniss was separated from District 13 and yeah. had to spend time under the guidance of, like, Commander Paler. Right. Um, like, that'd be that'd be an interesting storyline. And Like, when Jon Snow has to spend time with the wildlings... Yeah, yeah, you, exactly. You see him developing... Like uh, a, a compassion mm-hmm. for these people that they're just told to just separate and leave alone. Yeah. Um. And like that's really like that's I think one of the reasons why Jon Snow's storyline is one of people's favorites yeah. in A Song of Ice and Fire. Right. Like like it's 
you know, for the most part. <laughs> Where, because then, you know, then you go on in the show and bad things happen, and then you have the old trope of man kills woman, but it's hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, are we talking Jon Snow in the books or Jon John Snow in the show? In the show. Oh, okay. In I, the show. I've, I've not watched all of the show. I've only. I, I haven't read the books. Oh, so. well, I've. Ha! Ha. Well, I have this thing about not wanting to get into a series until all of the books are out, and that's a whole... Oh, that's a whole kettle of fish. That's fraught. Yeah. That's a fraught It sure is. Yeah. But, yeah, so two, two and a half, which means that, on average, this book gets two and a half rabbits. Woo! Um, it's not bad. It's... It's not good. It's fine. <laughs> I'm excited to reread... Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes because I enjoyed that mm. the first time I read it. So I'm I'm looking forward to revisiting that one. Yeah, it'll be. And then we're gonna go see the movie. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be yeah. fun. So any any last thoughts? Uh no, no, no last thoughts. I think uh I think I said it I said it all pretty pretty much. I don't know. S- said your piece. Yeah, said my piece. How about you? Thank you. I, I, uh, I kind of steamrolled a lot this episode. It's all good. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm proud of myself for? Not apologizing profusely every two seconds this episode. Yes. It's good, right? Good. good. Yeah. It's good, it's good right? <laughs> it's good, right? <laughs> yeah, huh? 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 What if I was like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we have been the Summer Reading Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Our music is by Nathan Morrissey. He's a good lad. You can find him on Instagram at nathan.morrissey77. Our editor is my brilliant, amazing, wonderful, lovely, brilliant mother, Rosa Maria. You can find her on Instagram and at Etsy at Crochetwell, all one word. You can also find her on her website, crochetwell.com. That's Crochetwell, all one word. I have been your professor. My name is uh, Haiku Marimba. You can find me on Instagram at jackfromtv. And you can also find me at my website, jackfromtv.com. And I have been your librarian. My name is Marty. And you can find me on Instagram at Marty underscore Beck, T-H-E-K. And, oh, email us. Email us at summerreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. So far, I've only been getting weird, like, spammy emails that are like, hey, you guys should have me as a guest on your podcast. Or, like, hey, here's this random book that you should read. (laughs) But it's not from an actual person. It's like a weird, like, uh, promotional, you know, email. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So, Hi, uh, you should have me uh, as a guest on your podcast. My name is HelloFresh. Yes. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not true. I did get one one very nice message from our, our mutual friend. So that was nice. Yes. Um, but, yeah. I was just texting them. Yeah, send us an email, friends, if you listen. <laughs> if you don't, you don't even know that the email address is summerreadingpodcast at gmail.com. It'd be pretty interesting if they didn't listen but somehow had the email address. It's like I, I've scried it. Yeah, yeah. From Ethan. All right, well, uh, join us next week when we begin our theater unit. Yay! I'm so excited. Um, join us next time where, where we read The Importance of Being Earnest by Oscar Wilde. Woot! See you then. See ya. See ya.